Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Be a great day today. If you're brand new to our church, uh, I want to say thank you. Welcome to Oceans Church. And uh, every week, you know, people, they, they, don't, they don't like church because they, they uh, some people say they don't like going to church because they, they hear things that, that don't really apply to everyday life. And uh, my heart is that we always, every week, open up God's Word, invite the presence of God, but really discuss some of what we go through every single day. Other people don't like going to church because they say it's boring. And I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with boring churches. I've been to boring churches. Um, but you're not at a boring church today. Actually, if you get bored today, you're boring. How, how about that? If you fall asleep today, you might have narcolepsy. I'm not a boring preacher, so if you get bored, you're boring. Amen? And then uh, people don't like church sometimes because they're judgmental, they're critical, they're mean-spirited. We are not a judgmental, critical church. We believe if God waits to judge us, why would we judge anybody? And uh, God waits until we die to judge us. So why would you, not knowing everything, judge somebody while you're alive? And so uh, we're a loving church. We believe that God meets you where you're at. And if you're brand new today, we're just so excited that you're here. We have a gift for you out there afterwards if you want to grab it at our little booth outside. We have a gift uh, we believe in Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Java, and so we'll give you some coffee and just give you a little coffee mug. It's going to be great. But um, today, if you're brand new to Ocean's Church, I'm going to do what I do every week. I'm going to open up the Bible. We're going to turn to Mark. Uh, actually, I, I like John. Uh, it was one of those names. Uh, open the Bible today. We're going to go to the book of John. Maybe uh, that was prophetic. But, but John chapter 8, we're starting a brand new series called Free. Yes. Say it with me, Free. And I'm not trying to get political. You're like, oh, yeah, it's about time. You know? uh, <laughs> too, too soon, too soon. Um, not going that way. I want to talk to you. I mean, there's a lot of things we can't control right now outside. We can't, there's things politically we can't necessarily control. There's, there's things right now in the world. There's things with airlines. There's a lot of things we can't control. And as I was praying for you the last two weeks, I just feel like God gave me a heart to say, Mark, you know, you look at all the numbers of, from 2020, which has been the longest decade of my life. I can't believe we're almost two years out of 2020. It's hard to believe. But the last 18, 19, 20 months since this whole thing began, you see all of the numbers uh, from depression, to, you know, anxiety, fear, suicide, abuse, crime. It's like every negative number you don't want to see has dramatically increased. And what I've learned is, is boats, boats are fine as long as what's going on on the outside doesn't get on the inside. Boats were designed, designed to float. They're buoyant. But the moment that the outside water gets on the inside, they sink. And God was speaking to me this week about how important it is as the people of God. This was the phrase he gave me. You can write it down if you'd like. This is kind of my thesis for the next three or four weeks. Is a world in bondage needs a church that's free. A world experiencing bondage needs to be full of a church that's full of Christians that are living free. And I can't always control and change what's going on outside of me, but I can invite God inside of me to change things. And I believe that if you can keep your heart clean and your, and your soul full of God, we can go through some crazy storms on the outside. But when the, when the chaos of the outside begins to fill our souls, that's when we begin to sink. Are you hearing me today? And I thought I'd pick on the devil a little bit this month, if that's okay. 
Because October is usually the month that he's glorified and his kingdom is glorified and we honor the darkness and the horror movies are on TV and people decorate their yards with paraphernalia from hell and we celebrate it. I don't like glorifying anything that's dark. I'm not into it. I'm like, look, you want to dress up as a fireman or a police officer? God bless you. I'm not, I'm not glorifying witches. I, I, think it's, I, I think that, listen, I'm not saying you can't go door to door and get candy, whatever. That's, that's up to you. But I'm saying I personally am not into glorifying the darkness. It's okay. That's cool. I'm okay. I just, I, I know it's real. I've seen, I've, I've been around people that are demon possessed. I've seen darkness firsthand. I know it's real. And, um, and I really felt like this month the Lord's like, Mark, lead my people into freedom in October. And so we're going to give hell a bad day today, and I believe some of you are going to get freer in these tents than you've ever been in your entire life. Can I get an amen? Some of you were addicted. Some of you were full of rage, anger, perversion, lust. Some of you have been cutting yourself, have eating disorders, and God says today, today's where freedom begins. So I want to just up front, I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I get paid to tell the truth. I want to let you know today that we're going to serve darkness and hell itself and eviction notice today. There's some garbage living in you. Might have been living in your parents, your grandparents. But today, I believe the head of Goliath is starting to come off. And I believe that what we don't kill, our kids will fight. And if you read your Bible throughout history, from the history of time, there has been bondage since the garden. The garden, we, humanity entered into bondage. It's the same sin that First John talks about in chapter 2. It says there is no sin in the world except the, the sin that's common to the world, which is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I'll explain this a little bit, but my, my flagship verse for the next few weeks is uh, found in John chapter 8. If you want to turn there with me, I'm going to read five verses. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bless the Lakers. And then we're, uh, we're going we're to get into it. You guys ready to go? All right. Is it okay to have a good time in church? I know this is a heavier topic. I know most pastors are scared to, to deal with it. I know it's not popular. You don't see a ton of podcasts about people dealing with darkness and, and, and this. But here's my, here's my big, big idea today. We are never to be scared of anything that Jesus wasn't scared of. Jesus wasn't scared to talk about sickness. We shouldn't. If he wasn't scared to talk about demons, we shouldn't. And before I go any further, I want to say there's two extremes in the church. There's one extreme that says demons and darkness and evil spirits don't exist. That's a figment of your imagination. That's one extreme that they don't exist. The other extreme is the hyper spooky people that think that demons are everywhere. I got a flat tire on the way to church today. It was a demon trying to stop me from getting to, and then my, my shirt, my button came undone. I was like, that's a demon. I got to stop that. You get your button up again, demon. There's a demon over there, there's a demon there, like everywhere, there's demons. The devil's favorite people to harass are those that think he's everywhere and those that think he's nowhere. If you're in either camp today, those are extremes, I want you to come back to the middle. Amen? So it's October, so don't get offended, don't go home and get angry. If you get angry, you want to you email me at joelfaust um, at myspace.com you're upset with this teaching today but you know what the irony is is we live in a world that's totally aware of the darkness we watch horror movies we decorate our yards with horror paraphernalia but then we're offended when our pastor talks about demons 
If I was the devil, I would do that too. I would make, I would make the church offended that someone had the audacity to talk about my kingdom. Anyways, uh, let's get started. You guys ready? John 8, verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, who what? Say with me, believed. Listen to me very clearly. He is not talking to a lost world. He's talking to disciples. Why is that so important? Because let's watch what he says here. Very famous verse coming up. He talks to the believers. He says, hey, guys, if you believe, if you abide, he says, if you abide in my word, you abide in my word. You are my disciples indeed. And guess what, disciples? If you abide in my word and you be my disciples, you shall know the truth and the truth. Everyone's seen. Come on, finish my sentence. Will what? You're like, oh, that's in the Bible? I saw that on a TED Talk. The whole world knows that line. But listen to me. He wasn't sharing that line to the world. He was sharing it to the church. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It will make you free. They answered him. They said, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never. Spouses, can we agree that when your spouse uses the word never, there is a lie coming. You never do the dishes. You're like, no, I'm pretty sure I have. I haven't done them in a while. But I've done the dishes. I, you never made, I've made the bed, okay? It was in the first year of our marriage. But I have, never's a lie. Watch what these, these believing Jews say. They said, we, we never, ever, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been in bondage to anyone. How then can you say you will be made free? <laughs> Extra emphasis added. That's how I get annoyed though when I read this. And, and Jesus answered said, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits, say it with me, commits. This is not a one-time fall. This is a perpetual, continual cycle. So stay with me. He says, he, he commits continually sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in God's house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, who makes us free? Who is the son? If the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I believe this morning... We're going to start a month of great freedom. God said that the fall would be full of households getting saved. And he said October would be a month of people getting free. You guys ready? I can feel I feel like there's already some death. Some of you, you want to leave right now. You're, like, you're getting scared. Like, oh, man, I might get free today. I better get out of here. That's, that's darkness in you. They're getting nervous because they can feel God getting ready to come in these tents. Stay here. Don't, don't leave. Father, I pray that you'd have your way today. I pray you'd evict darkness. I pray that no spirit other than the Holy Spirit would be inside of your people. Today we serve eviction notice to anything that's not from you. We declare that the Holy Spirit's the king of all, all the earth. And there is no spirit that is more powerful than the Holy Spirit. So Lord, today I pray this would be the beginning of the freest season we've ever lived. Lead our church into freedom. Lead our county into freedom. Lead your church into freedom. In Jesus' mighty name. 
bless the Lakers, the Rams, the Chargers, the Padres, the Clippers. Jesus, name, everyone said amen. Lost some steam there at the end. I was born in uh, 1983. Any, any 80s babies? A few 80s babies. I know I look 37. I look 36. I know. Um, 37 uh, years old. And uh, when you're born in the 80s, different era. We didn't have technology back then at all, really. We had Atari. I saw a funny meme that says, if you know what this is, that a picture of an Atari. It says, you're due for a colonoscopy. I was born in the 80s. I remember Duck Hunt. Come on, Nintendo. Greatest games of all time. We grew up, though, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have devices. Nowadays, we're so spoiled. You know, when I was growing up, if you left your garage open and went on vacation, when you came home, your garage was still open. You couldn't close your garage from a device from Canada. You couldn't change the temperature of your home from work. You couldn't turn your pool heater on before you came home. You, you didn't have a digital doorbell with a video camera. That would have stunted a lot of our ding-dong ditching. Some of the security cameras would have diminished our TPN. Those are the good old days. Come on, somebody. Houses, uh, we didn't have. We didn't have garage pads that you can type in a code and open the garage. When you bought a house in the 80s, you were given three brass keys. Mom had a key, dad had a key, and there was a hidden key. Who knows what I'm talking about up in here? Remember hidden keys? Remember, we'd always hide them under the mat. No one would ever think of this spot. It's a secret. If we didn't hide it under the mat, there was like a rock by the front door randomly. Whoa. That rock must be there for decor. <laughs> or it was a flower pot, like a random flower pot. Some people hid the key above the door, like a ledge. Some, pe some of you were suspicious, though, so you'd hide it on the side of your house on the fence. In, like, the, the power grid box, under your mailbox. If you've hit a key in one of those spots, raise your hands. Come on. We are not that sneaky. Hidden keys. We'd always hide keys kind of in plain sight. And I was thinking about, you know, one of the probably greatest frustrations, I think one of the hardest things that parents navigate is when you see your kids struggling. Can we agree on that today? I know that you can go through a lot of stuff personally, but when you see your kids struggle in a bad relationship, you see your kids struggle with an eating disorder, or they're going through a hard season of life, insecurity, or they're, they're dealing with depression or discouragement, or when you see your child locked out, of something that they're supposed to be free from. It's one of the hardest things to deal with. I think that's how God feels. When he sees us believing in him, but we're still struggling. Just thinking about how, you know, in my house, we would have a hidden key, and my brothers would always use it. I have two older brothers, uh, Chuck and Lucifer, and, um, his name's Satan. Um, his name's John. He, uh, John and Chuck, my older brothers, they would forget to put the hidden key back. Have you ever, like, needed the key, but it wasn't where it was supposed to be? And like, okay, we're going we're, we're to get a suntan today. That's what we're going to do. We're going to lay in the backyard until mom and dad get home. Locked out. That's why I don't really appreciate, like, I don't like um, escape rooms. 
I'm like, I'm going to relive my youth. I know what it's like to be locked out. There's nothing worse than being locked out. Feeling like you can't get into where you're supposed to be. You're outside sweating, uncomfortable, miserable, and you look inside the windows like, air conditioning, food. I remember just, that was the worst part. Coming home from school, your stomach's growling. I was, uh, can, I, can I borrow a dollar kid from school? If I win the lottery, I'll pay you back. I come home so hungry, and I'm like, I just want to be inside. I'm so hungry. Seeing the chips on the counters. Like, oh, might break this window. Locked out. I think God, you know, how we feel with being locked out, that's how God feels when we are actually locked out of the freedom that Jesus died to give us. I believe many of us, we, we, we know, like, look, I have a good dad. I have a good home. I'm going to heaven. But I just feel like I'm locked out of that heavenly lifestyle until I die. And God began to speak to me about even this idea and topic of freedom. Freedom is something that's very near and dear to me because God has led me on a journey of freedom. You study the Bible, you will find that throughout history, God's people would forget God. They would go into bondage. God would let them stay in bondage long enough until they got hungry for freedom. And they would cry out to God, and God would raise up a Gideon, and he would raise up a Moses, and he would raise up a deliverer, and he would raise up a Samuel, and he'd raise up a king, a Josiah, and he would lead the people back to God. And a generation would serve God with all their heart, but the next generation wouldn't know the God that delivered. And they would start the progressional process over again of drifting back into bondage. We live in a day and age that we don't even use the word bondage anymore. I don't know if I've heard a preacher use the word bondage that's under 40 years old. Bondage. We use the word, oh, I have a, I have a struggle or a weakness. We don't have bondage anymore. We have weaknesses. I have a weakness. How long have you had it? 30 years. How often do you struggle with your weakness? Every day. You don't have a weakness. You have a bondage. Let's call it what it is. crazy we 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 live in this crazy world that we're like no i just have some struggles and we name our vices that's what we do oh that's my pet depression over there i've always been depressed like kind of part of my personality i'm just like a depressed person i'm just like really shy because i'm scared of everything and i'm really fearful all the time but that's that's how i am my mom was like that her mom was like that that's part of my personality i took the christian horoscope the enneagram and um I'm like an eight with a six topped in. I have a little side, a pico de gallo, and I'm a little bit of two. A little bit of two, and I got a little one sprinkled. And um, I'm going to die a little bit of one, a little bit of two, and a sprinkled eight. I just have some weaknesses. Some weaknesses, some struggles. And um, I don't know. I just feel like we live in a world that's okay with bondage. I think part of any belief that says you have to accept the reality of what you feel, if it's antithetical to Jesus, it's a bondage. Say it this way, bondage is, um, bondage is any impulsive or compulsive behavior that restricts us from living in the freedom that Jesus died to give us. Can I say it again for the back? 
Bondage is any impulsive or compulsive behavior that restricts us from living in the freedom that Jesus died to give us. Do you believe that this morning? And I'm telling you today that we need counselors, we need therapy, but we also need some pastors and leaders that have authority. I do believe there's some stuff that you, you counsel out of people, but there is other things that you cast out of people. We don't talk like this anymore. Wait, you think it's like, you think it's like real demons? Like, oh, is he like a red devil? Does he have like horns and like a toe with a little thing? Is that what you think, little preacher? I believe the devil isn't a little red. He doesn't look like how we dress. The Bible says he's an angel of light. It says he's not, and this is where like, like Mormons, they, they get it wrong, is they think that Jesus and Lucifer are siblings. They're not siblings. Jesus is not on the same playing field as the devil. The Bible describes the devil as Lucifer. He was an angel of light. He was over, Gabriel was over sending messages. Michael was over fighting. These were archangels. And the third archangel the Bible talks about is Lucifer. He was actually over the music in heaven. He was the worship leader. It says he had instruments built into his being. He had percussion instruments. He had, he had vocal instruments. He had chord instruments, wind instruments. And God made him to lead the worship in heaven. And the fall of Lucifer was when he wanted the glory that belonged to God to himself. That's where we lose. That's where we lose out on Jesus is we want the glory that belongs to God to ourselves. And the devil hates you. He has no mercy. He doesn't, he doesn't have mercy on kids and children and on wives and spouses. He doesn't care if you lost someone in a tragedy. He doesn't care if you're sick. He kicks people while they're down. He celebrates like Moloch, these, these killing of babies, slaughtering of households. That's why in the days of Moses, he killed babies. In the days of Jesus, he killed babies. In our day and age, he's still killing babies because there is deliverers that God is raising up. Whenever there's an assault on children, there is deliverers getting ready to rise up. And we serve a God that will and can liberate his people. I know we're living in dark days. we got to be free on the inside if we're going to make a difference on the outside. Many people live in bondage their whole life. And, and the reason is because there's three keys most people don't get. First key is this. First hidden key, number one. You guys ready for it? Is you can be a believer and be in bondage. Most Christians, they don't believe that you can be in bondage. We have churches that downplay, no, Jesus paid for everything on the cross. The devil's totally defeated. There's no battles. There's no, there's no wars. You'll never struggle again. You take the green pill. You'll have sweet dreams and blessed marriages and perfect children and no lives that have problems and no sickness and no, no diseases and no struggles and no darkness. And nothing from your past will ever relapse. And we've got a bunch of pastors that are lying to people. Listen to me. The devil is defeated. Can I get an Amen. There's some things that are now, and there's some things that are not yet. I know right now that Jesus has the victory. But sometimes I'm not yet walking in all of it. So what do you know? I know this, that believers can be in bondage. Why? Because he tells this famous phrase, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And he's talking to believing Jews. He actually, right before, calls them disciples. If you abide in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. And FYI, you'll need to know the truth because the truth is what sets you free. I believe bondage is like a rut. The longer you allow the bondage, the deeper the rut gets. And the only way to get out of the rut is by filling it with God's truth. 
you actually move the gravel back into the rut by putting the promises of God's truth into your life. And many people, they don't get this. They think, no, I can't be in bondage. Uh, Jesus died on the cross. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just human. And we name our vices. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. Look, I just struggle with perversion and pornography and softcore stuff and just this and that. I'm just a guy. I just look. I just, look, I eat at home, but I shop when I'm out in my eyes. No, you're just a guy. I've heard this stuff floating around. And the church has adopted some of the, 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 the Babylonian mentalities. Look, I'm not shopping with my eyes. Jesus said if my eyes are full of darkness, my whole body will be full of darkness. You got to guard your eyes. Your eyes are the gateway to your soul. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh. Pride of life. That's what Adam and Eve fell in the very beginning. The fall of humanity is they saw that the eyes, it says that the tree looked pleasant for food. It looks good. Lust of the what? Lust of the flesh. They're like, oh man, if I eat this, it's going to be so, so special. Lust of the flesh. It's the only tree I can't have. Lust of the flesh. The devil's good at reminding you what you can't have. That's why when you're single, he tries to get you in bed. And when you're married, he tries to get you out of bed. He always tries you to go after the trees that you, you, you should not eat. He tries to get you to focus on the trees that you're not supposed to eat that will destroy you. And forget about all the beautiful trees that you can eat. You ever thought about the, the Garden of Eden? They had thousands of trees to enjoy. Only two to stay away from. The devil always, are you hearing me today? He tries you to focus with your eyes on what you can't have. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. What was the pride? The pride was, if you eat this, you will be like pride of life. When Jesus is tempted, Matthew, what's it say? The devil came to him and says, if you are the son of God, make this bread, or make this rock turn into bread. Lust of the flesh. If you're hungry after 40 days, no food. If I could turn some rocks into bread, you better believe, there'd be Olive Garden. Breadsticks all over the place. But Jesus is like, no, I'm not, I'm not compromising. I'm staying the course. I'm not turning this, this rock into bread. He says, you should, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He says, no, if you are the son of God, go up on the high place, jump off, throw yourself down, commit suicide. He'll give his angels charge over you because you're special. Jesus goes, that's the pride of life. He says, you're not supposed to tempt the Lord your God. And then he takes them up on a high pinnacle and he shows them all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, if you bow down before me, I'll give you all that you see. Lust of the what? Here's what I know about all humanity. We are tempted the same three ways Jesus and Adam and Eve were. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Can I just teach a little bit today? Here's what I want you to know about your eyes. Is your eyes and your ears are the gateways to your soul. And what you listen to and what you look at will be what you think about. And what you think about will eventually find its way into your heart. And you know it's in your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the what mouth? You'll talk about it. And if you watch football 72 hours a day, and sports centers 38 hours a day, and it goes through your eyes and your ears, it goes in your mind, you dream about those stats, and you go to work and all you talk about is, did you see Tom Brady? Did you see this person? Did you watch that? He ran for 48 yards, three fumbles, two touchdowns, 16 picks, this, that, the other. It's flowing out of your heart because it went through your eyes and your mind. And we wonder, why am I so angry and perverted when I'm listening to rage, watching rage, playing video games about rage, listening to verbal pornography, talking about abusing girls and committing crimes? Do you know that music is a vehicle? 
it'll take you somewhere. How about this? Music wasn't made for humans. It was made for God. That's why you listen. Like, why? I listen to Enter the Sam, and I feel like beating something up. It's because music is a vehicle that takes you somewhere. And I'm not legalistic. You can't, you, go, you want to listen to KTSY and, like, Christian music, the fish. Like, I'm not saying you have to listen to Christian radio your whole life. I'm just saying this, that music will influence you. It's a vehicle. It wasn't made for you. You know, why the, you know why the devil hates you? Because you replaced him. Do you realize that? How do you know? Because it says he had percussionary instruments built into him. He had wind instruments built into him. And he had strings built into him. And I know that human beings, we have this uh, string instrument called vocal, uh, vocal cords. And we have these wind instruments called our lungs. And I can sing because I have wind in my lungs. And then I have this percussionary thing I do. And every time I worship God, the devil reminds himself of what he lost. You and I, we... We replaced them. You can be in bondage, though. You have impulsive behavior. You can't get rid of it. And many people, I can't. I'm not in bondage. It's just that's just who I am. It's just that's it runs in my family. Do you know why they go to the doctor's offices and they say what runs in your family? Heart disease, diabetes, thyroid issues, cysts, uh, cancers. They do you have strokes? Do you have cardiovascular issues? Diabetes run in your family because even your physical bodies have to acknowledge there's things that run in our bloodlines. Do you know there's spiritual things that run in bloodlines? You ever notice that? Why is there like divorces run through every generation? Affairs, every generation. Suicides, every generation. There is, there is, I believe there is, there is darkness that is assigned to family lines. It's Chaldeans is what the Bible calls them. Paul says, beware of the Chaldeans. Why would he say that? They were, Chaldeans had been gone for like, like, 500 years, they were, they were a destroyed people group. But in the days of Paul, he says, beware of the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans represented demonic spirits that run through family lines. Teaching that later this month. This, this is too real for Orange County. I better settle down a little bit. Slow down, preacher. It's too much truth for one Sunday. I think many people don't realize that you can be in bondage. And if you are, I'm not talking again, I'm not talking about you, you're snowboarding and you fell one time because you had a low moment, you, you, you hit a rock, you didn't see, and you fell down. Everyone's human. And if you didn't need to be saved, Jesus wouldn't have come. So if your greatest need was money, 2,000 years ago, God would have sent us a really good economist. He would have made plenty of money for all of us. If your greatest need was technology, 2,000 years ago, God would have sent us a scientist to invent some stuff like an iPhone. If you wanted us to have entertainment 2,000 years ago, he would have sent us a singing computer called Adele. But listen, but because our greatest need was saving, Jesus sent us a Savior. God came as a Savior. Amen? So we all fall sometimes. The Bible says even the righteous fall, but they rise again. Seven times. Seven, is the represent seven represents completion. So even a righteous man can completely fail. But righteous people, they stand up again. So I'm not talking about like you're snowboarding and you fell one time. I'm talking about every time you get up, you're falling. I'm talking about you can't make it through 24 hours, one week, one month, without going back to the bottle, going back to the pill, going back to the porn, going back to this darkness. It's okay to be honest in church. 
We have a society that is in bondage. First prophetic word that I had, significant prophetic word, when I was 19 years old, is this, this very powerful man of God. He said, Mark, God told me to tell you that you're a deliverer and you're going to lead people out of bondage. That's your call to do. And he said this because you were in bondage and you found the way out. Moses led three million people out of Egypt, bondage, into the promised land. And I believe the Oceans Church is in part here in Orange County to lead three million people that live in Orange County out of bondage and into the promises of God. Do you believe it? Say amen. That's why this church is growing. Most people don't talk like this. We don't teach like this. Talking about dem like demons, they're real. They are real. We're not scared of them. It says that when Lucifer fell, he took one-third of the stars. Stars were angels. So one-third of the stars. Demons are fallen angels. And I'll teach more about this later. But listen to me. One-third fell. I'm not a mathematician. I didn't take Algebra 2. I took Algebra 1 two times. Okay? Here's what I know. One-third fell, so there's still two-thirds with us. So every demon that's against you, there's still two angels that are for you. Let me give you better news. Even if they all fell that day, Jesus could take all of them out. He didn't need any angels to help him. That's why Satan and Jesus aren't siblings. Everything was created through Jesus. Lucifer was a created being. Jesus is the creator. That is a major theological pinnacle point there. You don't want to mess that one up. So here we are today is we realize this, that, that believers can be in bondage. Number two key I want you to catch today. It's difficult to admit that you're in bondage. Can we agree on that? How do you know? Because of Instagram. We don't post low moments. We don't even tell the truth usually. How you doing? Oh, just so good, just so great. Life's perfect and just awesome. Never been better. <laughs> just pretty much walking on water. <laughs> Can you imagine what would happen if we were really honest all the time? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm getting my butt kicked. I'm renting space in the back of the devil's warehouse right now. I got a nosebleed right now spiritually. I'm just... Just totally in bondage. You met someone like that? No, we don't, we don't usually admit... And we know the Jews, the, the disciples modeled it. They modeled this. They said, the believing Jews said, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been in bondage to anyone. Never. I can just picture Jesus like eating an apple with a pocket knife. He's like, I thought you guys were bondage to uh, the Egyptians for 400 years. The Babylonians with Nebuchadnezzar for a bit. Darius the Mede. Chaldeans, you were in bondage to them. Philistines were ruling you for a bit. Oh, yeah, and right now the Romans are ruling you. Never been in bondage. You are deceived, my friend. You're so deceived. Deception's like bad breath. You're the last one to know about it. If there was one good thing that came out of mass, come on, you know about your breath now. People are deceived. They're like, man, I didn't know I could be in bondage. And it's difficult to admit, and I think this is a bondage. Let's call it, come on, it's an old school word, it's a Bible word, but let's just use it today. If it's a, a consistent cycle and rhythm of your life, and you've never been free for a long period of time, it is a And I want you to know that sin is like a vampire, it can't live in the light. 
And if we'll stop calling sins our pet names and start calling it what it is, this fear, it's a bondage. It's got to go. This perversion, it's bondage. It's got to go. I feel like getting crazy today a little bit. I'm just trying to figure out how crazy we're going to get in here. Just feel a little freedom coming in the room. People struggle with their lifestyles. I'm homosexual. I'm bisexual. I'm tri I'm this, that, the other. Any sexuality that gives you permission to give in to every carnal impulse. Any. I don't care if you're heterosexual. I told my friends that's gay, I said, I said, bro, if I go to a beach... I'm, I'm not tempted to what you're tempted to. But if I'm at a beach, I was in Sydney, my wife, a few years ago, walking up Bondi Beach, and there's like, like topless people. It's normal beaches, just like topless people. And I said, I have a gravitational, as a man that's heterosexual, I have a gravitational pull towards temptation that's this. I said, as a follower of Jesus, I don't say because I have a feeling, I give into it. I said, so whether you're tempted with heterosexual sin or homosexual sin, I don't give in to my feelings. I haven't heard any preachers talk about this lately. But we're going to get crazy. Let's get crazy. Let's get free in Orange County. Any worldview that gives you permission to stay in your darkness, Jesus does not endorse. Oh, I feel like preaching. I believe this morning that someone's going to get free because you can admit this is a difficulty. And again, we're all, like, I don't care, right, Mark, I'm not, I don't have sexual perversion. You have fear. You might not have fear. I have depression. It's depression that's, that's, that's jacking you up. Some of you, it's anger. You're angry all the time. You just have rage about everything. Some of you in here, I, I, could, I could list out some of the things that the devil gets entry into our lives. It's pride. I can't believe this guy would talk about this. He doesn't know what he's talking about. This guy, <sighs> This guy's an idiot wearing his wife's jeans. Um, you're arrogant. Part of the reason you're arrogant is you don't tithe. Non-tithers are arrogant people. They think they can make life without God. I could go, I, could, oh, I feel like. Ah. People are prideful. They're independent. They, they're easily offended. By the way, it's cool. If I offend you today in this message, that's all right. I'm okay with offending you with this message. Because I'd rather see people get offended and know the truth than to live their whole life in bondage and like me. I like Pastor Mark. He makes you feel good. Such a good church. Everyone's just happy all the time. Never feel uncomfortable. I hope that you come to this church in some weeks you're sweating a little bit. Not because it's a hundred and hell out, but because you feel the Holy Spirit saying, it's time to rise. It's time to get out of that generational darkness. Stop harboring that sick spirit, that demonic spirit that's messed your dad up and your mom up and your grandma up. It's time for you to take the head off of Goliath in Jesus' name. Come on, give him 10 seconds of praise. I am tired of harboring the enemies of God in my life. Things that are pulling me away from Jesus, pulling me away from his presence. So many people are so confused. They're so schizophrenic spiritually. They love God one moment and they're depressed the next moment. 
Because there is a darkness that's living in them that they don't take authority over. That unforgiveness in you, God doesn't want it to stay. That bitterness in you, he doesn't want it to stay. That addiction that you can't live without, he doesn't want it to stay. Here's the truth is you can be in bondage and love God. You can be going to heaven and still live like hell. And here's what I know is that we, we get free by admitting, right? So number two, it's difficult to admit when you are in bondage. And the third thing is, I want you to write this down. Here's the big kid and key today. It's in plain sight. Jesus says it best. It's easy to get set free with Jesus. I believe that it's difficult to admit you're in bondage, but when you're honest about what's going on and you come to Jesus and you abide in his word, I do believe that he sets us free indeed. Can I get an amen? amen. How, do you, how do you know, preacher? Because I've experienced it. I got introduced to pornography when I was a little guy. I was like seven, eight years old. Grew up in a dysfunctional family. All the nasty stuff that goes along with that. Got into unhealthy relationships acquired a deep rut, a deep bondage that I took into my 20s, took into the beginning of my marriage. And I remember as I was coming through this, here's what's crazy. When I was 18, I got saved. In my first encounter with Jesus, I was on, the, I was on this dirty carpet at a campground in Idaho, crying for about an hour and a half. And the presence of God was so strong, it was better than sex, it was better than alcohol, drugs, being high, being drunk. It was better than snowboarding, which was a big deal. I loved it. His presence was better than anything. It, honestly, power God hit me. I'm on the ground crying at this summer camp. Who's ever been touched at a camp? And I'm weeping at this camp. And literally, I remember getting up off the ground like, what the heck just happened? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, Mark, I cleaned you out from 18 years of living for yourself. Felt clean. And it's crazy because when I got up, I lost, this is just my story, I'm not judging you, your story. For me, I got up off the ground after that God encounter, and I lost my desire to be a cusser. I was a good cusser back in the day. I was like skilled. Cussed all the time. But when I had that encounter with Jesus, I got up at 18, and I lost my, my kids don't know me as a cusser, my wife doesn't know me as a cusser. I'm not saying I'm better than you, I'm just saying I might be better, I might be better off. Uh, but I'm not a cusser. That was a miraculous thing. It was almost, people say, what was it like? It was kind of like when you get food poisoning, and you're like, I will never eat chicken Caesar salad again. Just the smell of it makes me nauseous. That's what God did with cussing. He gave me this, like, disdain for it. I slammed my finger in the door. I'm like, should have bought a Kia. Start speaking in tongues. What about a Honda? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I was different. I was different. Stop cussing. But if I'm being honest today, which the Lord told me to be honest, by the way, if you're a pastor or preacher in here, I think that when you leave a platform and you ever question, did I say too much? That's usually when you know you did your job. It says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. I believe that when you're free, your story liberates others. And I can feel faith rising in here. Some of you are going to get free from pornography like I did. I can feel it. It's going to come today. God's, God's He's here. And um, here's what's crazy is I got delivered right away from, from my language. But I got up and I still struggle with pornography. Still struggle. I hated it. I didn't want to do it. Didn't want, and it felt dirty. It felt like I knew it was damaging my soul. Romans 7 talks about I didn't want 
this. I didn't want to do that, but the more I didn't want to do it, the more I practiced it, and I hated it. And I, what I do, will not to do, I continue to do. So I realize it's no longer I who do it, but it's the sin that lives in me. That's why Paul says in Galatians, you have to crucify the flesh with its, pas- with its passions and desires. Jack Hayford says it this way. You can write it down. You have to cast out demons, and you have to disciple your flesh. He says it this way. You can't cast out the flesh, and you can't disciple demons. What do we do with the flesh nature? We disciple it. You're not going to be a pervert. You're not going to look that way. You're going to guard your eyes. You're not going to be angry. You want to be angry? You're not going to be angry right now. You're going to speak blessing over them. You're not going to harbor that grudge. You're going to forgive right now. You disciple your flesh nature. But there is evil that runs through family. It's demonic. And we take authority over demonic stuff. And it's not spooky. It's not weird. You just simply say, well, you ever been there before? I, I would be in my house, and I would just feel this, like, darkness come into the room. And how I used to be would come into my mind. And go, you want to go back to this right now. And I realized it wasn't me. It was a spirit. So now I started doing it. I started saying, in Jesus Christ's name, any spirit in this room that's not the Holy Spirit, leave now in Jesus' name. Do you know you have authority to do that? If you're a believer, you have authority to evict darkness. Yes, you do. You can live in bondage your whole life. Stop. Why would you build a theology that actually empowers darkness? No, I'm just a human. I'm just a human. You're a son of God. He doesn't say pray on earth as it is in earth. Lord, I pray the depression that's in earth would be here in earth with me. And the perversion on earth would be here on earth with me. He says, no, I pray today, Lord, that on earth as it is in heaven. How many think there's lust in heaven? How many think there's anger in heaven? Rage? Fear? Depression? So what do we pray? Lord, I pray here on earth, that peace that's in heaven right now, that purity that's in heaven right now, that light that's in heaven right now, to invade every dark corner of my soul today. In Jesus Christ, come on, give him 10 seconds of praise if you believe he's the God that does it. So what do you do? I believe that you can get free from bondage, but that doesn't mean that you have, you have stupid moments. I, I want to come against this ideology that says if you serve God, you'll never trip. I, I, I want you to know, I want to even get away from that thing that if you're a pastor or a preacher, you never have a fall. I'm not talking about like ruining your, your life and your ministry. I'm talking about having a bad day. I put jeans on one leg at a time, and this is what the Lord told me. He said, be honest with the church. So I want to be honest with you that when I fall, when I screw up, what I do, here's what I do. You want to know what I do? Top two things I do. I want you to say it with me, confession. Say it again, confession. I believe that confession is like, it's like chemotherapy to your flesh. And there's two things that I confess when I screw up. Number one, I confess to God my sins. So the first thing I do, if I screw up, I say something I shouldn't have said, I do something I shouldn't do, the first thing I do is I, as I say, Lord, would you please forgive me? First John says it this way, that if you actually confess your sins to God, He is faithful. It says, if we confess, say it with me, if. Very important word. If we confess, 
which means this, it's not automatic. You have the choice to be forgiven. It's dependent upon if you will confess. I'm not a Catholic, but I believe there's something that Catholics do that is good. They understand the power of confession. The thing I disagree with is I don't think you have to go to a priest to get healed. Let's offend some more people today. Let's keep going. Number one, we confess, number one, to God. And the Bible says, what does he say? If you confess your sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. You know what righteousness is? It's right standing with God. You know what unrighteousness is? It's wrong standing with God. Who wants to be in the right place with Jesus? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I want to be in the right place. So first thing I do, cut that guy off in traffic, get mad at him. You give him a one-finger wave. Lord, forgive me. I apologize. Would you please forgive me for grieving you? So I always ask the Holy Spirit. David says in Psalms, I think it's 51, he says, he says, Lord, create in me a clean heart, renew a steadfast spirit within me. He says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. When I sin, I say, Lord, forgive me, and please, Holy Spirit, I apologize. I don't want you to leave me. Please fill me once again. First thing I do. You're not supposed to grieve or quench the Holy Spirit, and that's what sin does. You still with me today? After I confess to God, I'm forgiven. In Jesus, in the eyes of God, I am forgiven. I look like Jesus now. Because the blood of Jesus on the cross is what God sees now that I've confessed my sins. So here's the question. You guys ready for a big question, Orange County? Can you be forgiven and not healed? Yes. We have a lot of forgiven Christians in the body of Christ today. You're like, Mark, I did, I did ask God to forgive me. And he did. But you're still in bondage. You know why? Because James chapter 5. You guys ready? Write this down. James 5, 16. It says, if you confess your trespasses one to another, humans, and pray for one another, it says you will be healed. Do you know that you can be forgiven by God, but you're not healed until you confess that sin to a human? Let me go a little deeper. Can I go a little deeper? Is that all right? If you're married, you always are supposed to struggle with your spouse. I believe that every, every man should have two people, your spouse that you're honest with about everything and an accountability partner or a pastor. Are you hearing me today? And I'm not a perfect man. I'm far from it. But I'll tell you this. Every low moment of my life has been documented by a human being. My wife knows every struggle, has known every short trip up. I don't hide things from my spouse. I have a policy I want to encourage all of Oceans to adopt. You guys ready? In marriage, write this down, 100% honesty. But it only works, listen to me, it only works if there's 100% forgiveness. If you will commit this day that I will be 100% honest with you, I don't have any passwords, I don't have any phones that you don't have access to, email accounts, social media, my wife has access to everything. No secrets, come on, sin grows in the dark. Really? Getting your butt kicked by the devil and you're judging me right now for having some integrity. Listen to me. You want to get free? Let's, let's go there. Be honest with your spouse. Well, I'm trying to protect her. I'm trying to protect him. I don't want to know about my struggle. It might hurt their feelings. I would rather hurt feelings now and get healed. So I don't cripple, about cripple the rest of my life. That would be like breaking your leg and going, I just don't want to deal with physical therapy. This is kind of painful for a little bit. 
But how many of you go through the physical therapy, you'll actually recover? When you're honest with your spouse and say, hey, babe, this is what happened. Hey, honey, this, I've been struggling with this thought. To this day, every once in a while, I'll have a weird dream, like a, like a demonic dream, probably once every three, six months. And I can feel that spirit from my past try to attack me through the dream. I don't ever wake up and go, oh, man, I'm justifying. I'm just the guy. I'm not, I'm, letting the, I'm not letting the devil hang out anywhere in my mind. I say, hey, Shell, I had this weird dream. It was like this weird demonic sexual dream. Would you pray for me? And I bring it to my wife, and guess what? She's not mad at me for having a dream. She's grateful that I'm an honest husband. Ladies, can we, can we agree that if your husband's honest, that she'll be forgiving? Can we adopt that today? I will be 100% honest, but you got to be 100% forgiving. Because men stop being honest when their wives stop being forgiving. I feel freedom in the tents today, man. I, can, I just feel like hell's like, don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. We're losing our grip. We're going to get free in this church. We're not going to make the, the rest of Orange County that has side, side spouses and girlfriends and boyfriends and, and greedy and lustful and perverted and demonic, and we're living two lifestyles. We're going to have one, one person. What you see on Sunday is who I'm going to be on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? I am what I am by the grace of God. You ready? So how do we do this? We confess our sins to God and we're forgiven. We confess our sins to people and we're healed. I want to encourage everyone either to have a pastor, number one, which I think everyone should have a pastor, but find someone that loves Jesus more than you do. Guys with guys, girls with girls. I don't confide ever in the opposite sex. It's where affairs start. You find someone that loves Jesus as much as you do. And you say, hey, Bob, hey, Bruce, can we grab coffee this week? I've never told anybody this. Hear me very clearly. You know why so many struggle in bondage their whole life? Because they believe that lie, I'm taking this to the what? Who would fabricate that line? Maybe the devil? That's like the line that says, if you see a bear, lay down on the ground. Who came up with that line? The bear? You see, if you see one of us, just lie down. Just chill out. We don't like running. You got to take, no, you take it to the grave. Uh, no. Jesus went to the grave. He went to the grave, so I don't take crap to the grave. Closets are for vacuum cleaners and clothes, not skeletons. Oh, I feel like preaching in Orange County today. Someone's getting free. I can feel it. I want you to stand to your feet. He's here. He's here. He's here. Today, I have a homework assignment for you is if, you, if you're married, there's some stuff you haven't talked to your wife about, struggles going on in your mind. Maybe you're not acting on them, but you have some weird thoughts. You don't have to divulge every detail. You don't have to tell her everything that you've done and like, like weird details, but I think you need to give them at least the big picture of, hey, I've had these weird thoughts lately or had these, I've been doing some stupid stuff or I've been, I haven't been very honest in this area with you lately. You need to be honest with your spouse. Are you with me today? What do you do after you're honest with your spouse and it hurts them or you hurt each other? Here's what you do, is you pray together. I'm just, I'm just pastoring you guys for a second. After the tears or whatever flow, you're like, okay, that hurts, that stings. We're gonna make it through this. What do we do now? Now we're gonna pray. Lord, I pray right now that you'd heal my heart and I pray that you'd heal her heart. And if I hurt him today by what I shared, Lord, heal his heart. And if I hurt her today by what I share with her, would you heal her heart? Lord, we commit today that we're gonna serve you and that you're gonna heal us and we're gonna walk in the light as you're in the light. 
No more secrets in this marriage. We're going to get free. I'm telling you, October is going to be a month of freedom. I dare you not to miss the next couple weeks. I'm telling you, hell is like having a bad day today. Nervous breakdown, because some of you, this is the beginning. Hear me very closely. Freedom, it's not necessarily a destination. It's, it's, it's not necessarily a destination. It's not like you wake up, you're like, oh man, I'm totally free. Never had a low moment, bad day ever again. I'm free. Freedom isn't always a destination. It's a direction, though. It's a direction that you choose to live every day. I'm living free today. I'm living free. If there's something that attacks you, I'm living free today. Confessing it to God, talking to my spouse, calling my pastor, my small group leader friend, and saying, hey, I've been struggling. Would you pray for me? And pretty soon, when you're honest, you stop fighting it at the action level, and you start fighting it at the thought level. But you'll never fight it in your thoughts until you fight it with your actions. Amen? Close your eyes. If you're here today, you feel like God's calling you to a greater level of freedom, I want you to lift both hands towards heaven. We do have honest people in the church, so don't be scared. Don't wait for someone else to respond. Say, God, I want to get freer today. I want to become more and more like Jesus. Just to remind you today, if you're a Christian, our goal is to become like Jesus. So if Jesus isn't a pervert, we're not supposed to be perverts. If Jesus isn't angry and mean-spirited, we're not supposed to be angry and mean-spirited. If he's not a liar, we're not supposed to be liars. Are you hearing me today? What he is like, we are supposed to be like. So hands up all over this room today. I dare you to pray this prayer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do two things. We're going to invite God in, and we're going to kick darkness out. Is that okay with you? If it's not okay, put your hands down. This is for people that are serious today. If you want to get rid of some of that stuff, they raise your hands. This is where the beginning of deliverance begins. Some of you are going to get completely free right now, and some of you, this is the beginning of freedom in your life. Might be a couple weeks, but you're going to get free in Jesus' name. Hands up. Come on, let's raise our voices to heaven and say, Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. Jesus. I invite you, I invite your Holy Spirit to fill me in my mind, in my heart, and in my spirit. I ask you today to evict anything in me that's not of you and not from you. Any spirit in me that's not the Holy Spirit, leave now in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, evict darkness, fill me with your light, lead me into freedom, lead me into victory, help me to disciple my flesh, and help me to take authority over anything demonic. In Jesus Christ's name, put your hands on your heart right now, I feel them. He's here, yeah, yeah. Some of you are getting healed as you're getting free. I don't believe that every physical sickness is connected to spiritual stuff, but it is undeniable that throughout the Bible that there were some conditions that were connected to sin. And he says, as you're forgiven, now you're healed. And some of you right now that God has not only dealt with your sin issue, your bondage, now he's going to deal with your body. Someone here, I don't know why, I don't know why, I just, I'm just going to say it how I hear it right now from heaven. I hear like someone says like an abscessed tooth right now, something's wrong with your mouth. It's a debilitating pain. It, it comes and goes, but it's been there like it's gotten worse. And I believe that today God's healing your mouth. He's healing your mouth. You have like some sort of pain in your mouth, and God is healing you right now. There's so many of you have some sort of weird damage in your jaw. It's like some sort of neurological, or not neurological, but it's like uh, it's in your, uh, it's in your, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, it's in the muscles of your jaw. 
and uh, it's created the sharp pain. It's, it shoots all the way to the top of your head. It goes all the way down your body. It's like a nerve. That's what I was looking for, nerves. It's nerves in your jaw that are messed up. And God is healing your jaw. I think you got in a car accident or you broke your jaw and it's never healed properly. There's been a weird pain and God today is healing your jaw pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's healing. How many believe God can heal right now? If you need healing in your body, lift your hands. Lift your hands right. We're getting free today. Come on. Lift your hands. You need healing in your body. Some sort of physical healing. Lift your hands. If someone's hands up next to you, put your hand on their shoulder right now. Come on. Go put your hand on someone's shoulder. If someone's hands up, we're praying church. We, we're, 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 we're family here. We fight for one another. We fight for one another. If someone's hands up, come on. I want you to pray this prayer over everyone that has their hands up. Say, in Jesus' name, we lay hands on them and we command. We don't beg. We believe that Jesus Christ will heal from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet. Lord, heal, redeem, remove pain, remove trauma, remove conditions, remove disorders. In Jesus' name. I see someone right now, you have like a nervous tick, like a twitch. God's healing you right now. He's healing you right now. Someone was abused at 11, abused at 13. God's healing you right now. Someone, you, you've, you've harbored an offense towards someone that's not even living anymore. God says it's time to let go of it. It's time to forgive that grandpa, that uncle that hurt you, that grandma that hurt you. Let go of the bitterness today. And I'm telling you, it's going to create a new season of health in your life. God, today, we want to be free. Would you heal us? Would you lead us into victory? Last thing I'm going to do today. We've had 11 so far, two at San Juan, nine first service. There's more in the service. If you need to get right with God, right now's the moment. If you're not living for Jesus, but you want to, or you walked away from God, and today you come back, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, right now. Two, all over the room. Three, that's me. I'm getting right with God right here, right now. Three, real high, real high. Real high. Eyes closed. Yeah, no one's looking. Yeah, yeah, real high, real high, real high, real high, real high. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. One, two, real high. Three, four, five, six. Real high, real high. Seven, real high. Eight, real high. Nine, nine. Anybody else, real high? Anyone else? Ten hands. Awesome. Ten. I see ten. Awesome. Oceans, do we ever get tired of that? Best thing we do every week is introduce people to the God that saved us. Here's what we're going to do right now. If you raise your hand today, I want you to put both hands in your heart. And I want the rest of this room. If you're online right now, God's speaking to you. How many believe that God can speak to people online? Every week we have people get right with God online. And if you're watching right now, maybe you just cut the last couple minutes, but you know that you need to get right with God today beginning of your freedom starts today. I want you to pray with those 10 people in these tents, but you're going to write heart, H-E-A-R-T right now. We live in the, we live in the new digital age. You can do a heart emoji if you want, but if you think you're right with God, I want you to write heart right now. All over the room right now and those online, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, say it like you mean it. Jesus, today I come to you, inviting you into my life. Would you forgive me for the life I've lived, for the bondage I've allowed, and the darkness that I've harbored. I ask you today to heal me everywhere that I hurt. Lead me into victory. Renew my mind, save my soul, and fill me with your glorious spirit, the Holy Spirit, from this day forward. Give me a great church. Get me in the Bible. And help me to be free indeed. In Jesus' name. God's people said amen. Come on, give them a good hand clap today. 
Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.